You're listening to the Make It British podcast. I'm Kate Hills, and I'm on a one-woman mission to save UK manufacturing. In 2008, I gave up my 20-year career as a fashion buyer because I was disillusioned with how much was being sourced overseas, and I set out to uncover some of the amazing businesses that are still making in the UK. Since founding Make It British, I've discovered that there is not only still tons of manufacturing taking place in Britain, but that it's a thriving industry. I invite you to join me each week when I'll be chatting to inspiring British-made brands and UK manufacturers and offering advice to product-based businesses that make in the UK. So with no further ado, let's get on with the show. Welcome to episode number 222 of the Make It British podcast. Today I'm chatting with Julie Dean, CBE, who I'm sure many of you will know. She is the founder of the Cambridge Satchel Company and one of my manufacturing icons. The Cambridge Satchel Company manufacture all their bags in the UK. And in this episode, which was recorded as an Instagram Live on Made in UK Day, I chat to Julie about why the Cambridge satchels are made in the UK and how important it is to retain craftsmanship here in Britain. So here you go, over to Julie. Thank you so much for joining me today for Made in UK Day. How are you this morning? I'm good. I'm excited for today, you know, because every time I I keep discovering all these new fantastic businesses that are making things in the UK and that is just, it's so brilliant to see. You know, and especially we've had a very, let's say, challenging two years, (laughs) which keep being very challenging. And, you know, every time a new challenge arises, I just look at it and think we can't afford to lose any sector in this country. You know, we've got to be able to be strong and to stand independently as much as we can collaborate with as many people as we can but we have to be self-sufficient and in no sector do I feel more passionately that that's true than manufacturing so um, So very proud to make everything here. So true and we just did a survey at Make It British and we had nearly 1300 people um, respond to that survey and you know People were saying, I want to buy Made in UK products. I'm willing to pay more for them. But also, I really want to buy them from small businesses, not the big, large corporate companies. So what we want to do today is raise awareness for all of the small businesses that make in the UK and to encourage more people that are in the UK. Because I know you were recently featured in the government's, um, is it called Made Made in UK Exported Around the World campaign? Yeah, yes, yes. Which is brilliant. um, it's brilliant to promote exports, but we kind of need that at home as well, don't we? We absolutely do. And the thing is, there isn't, there's no sort of kite mark equivalent to say this is actually made in the UK, which is madness because, you know, people use this goodwill to sort of say, oh, inspired in the UK or imagined in the UK, designed yeah. in the UK. And yeah, but where are you UK. making it? Where are you making it? So for those of us that are actually making from scratch, as my mother would say about her cooking, sidetracked, from scratch in the UK, we want some very obvious mark on there so people can make that choice. 
Yeah, definitely. There's too much fake it British going on, as I call it. The old Union Jack, I think, is part is kind of a good thing and a bad thing. It's almost in a way our downfall because people think, oh, there's a Union Jack. But you don't put Union Jacks on any of your bags, do you? No, but people who don't make in the UK do. You yeah. know, and it's just, it, can we just have one standard mark that's regulated so that you can only use it? Not not even if you're only doing the last 5% in the UK. Yeah. <laughs> just if you're making the whole thing. And, and there's something that's... so wonderful about manufacturing too, because you know when you came down to our workshops in, in Syston. Amazing. You go down there and just to see things being made, it, there's yeah. a, a real kind of magic to it. I, I just love it. Not everybody wants to work on the screen. Yeah, that's, that's I, so yeah. True. I mean, because otherwise you can't even connect. <laughs> no, yeah, that's so true. And actually, shout out to everyone that works in your factory, because when I went, I was so impressed oh. by the level of craftsmanship. It's just incredible. I know it's tough as well running a factory or for anyone, you know, running it. You, you've got a lot of people that you're responsible there for. They're making beautiful things. So, yeah, and they've been with us for, for that. you know, they've been with us for years. And so it's not just, you know, if somebody phones in and says so-and-so has tested positive, won't be in. It, it's not sort of like, oh, well, that's a gap in the manufacturing. It, you just sort of think, oh, God, wonder if she's okay. Is she going to be all right? How is she doing? Then, you know, they're, they're people that you get to know. You don't have that connection with your products if you're making it in, in some factory the other side of the world. Yeah, so true. So what are your thoughts on how, you know, aside from the kite mark, how else do you think we can encourage people to just really discover more about, well, also ask brands more about where are you making your products and what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that, um, so when I was in school a long time ago in South Wales, we used to have school trips all the time. We went to Buckley's Brewery. We went to Avon Inflatables Lifecraft. We went... We, we would always be out in a... I think that the school teachers just loved a, a nice trip. <laughs> I love the sound of the... <laughs> really excited that they had a minibus. <laughs> I wanted to get the most out of it. But I don't know, you know, now, and I know that there's a lot of... Of course, we need the health and safety things, but isn't it a shame that the the kids don't seem to be out and about visiting factories, seeing if, yeah. how things are made and... You know, seeing seeing all the different jobs that maybe they could want to do, all the different crafts that maybe they could want to do, because it's not just a single pathway. Exactly. And that's the thing. And I think also people think, you know, anything that's like a product related, it's just about the design. And there's so much more. And it's Oh, so my creative. gosh, there's so much more. There are so many parts to making every one of the bags that, you know, I certainly couldn't do. There are people that that have such skills that they can just work wonders and and there's a magic there is an absolute magic to to walking around and and seeing those things be made maybe i should have like a little hat with a gopro on it <laughs> you know what i'm now do... going to ask you know if everyone watches this people are going to start you're going to get teachers ringing you up saying okay when can the bus turn up please yeah the bus could turn up and and i think mark who who runs the the workshops in Seiston, he's probably looking at this thinking, oh, my God, I can't believe she's saying this. But it's so exciting. It is so exciting. I would love more people to actually see what manufacturing looks like. 
Yeah, definitely. When we've got inside the factory, you've not been on that yet, have you? No, I haven't. I haven't. You you should be. We should be, and we're so colourful. You know, we're so colourful. We're not like making tiny little techie chips or something, you know. They did Dr. Martin's recently, but they haven't been to your place yet. So I think that's an open invite, isn't it, Julie? I know. They should get in touch with me. They can get in touch with me here. Brilliant. Fantastic. So um, what else is on the cards for Cambridge Satchel at the moment then? Well, we continue to... So sustainability, obviously, is something that... um, it's really important to all of us, even though we seem to have crises all over the place. The climate change is, you know, the, the big ongoing one. Uh, one thing that I think that that um, we don't do a very good job of is saying that, yes, they're, they're leather bags, but the leather that goes into all our satchels, it's a byproduct of the meat industry. Otherwise, it would go into landfill, you know, so you don't need to feel... and. It's so important when you're buying things, just buy something that's going to last. Yeah. Yeah. You know, exactly. my 15 inch dark brown satchel is my favorite. You saw it on the International Women's Day thing yesterday on that photo that was on our Instagram where in theory, the dogs were supposed to be looking at the camera the same way as, as I was. In fact, they just were so convinced there were dog treats in the bag. They sat there instead at the back. So we've got this really rogue photo out there. But um, no, that bag is 12 years old. You know, I've used it as my work bag for 12 years. And it's really hitting its stride. It's soft and it just, it looks so full of character. And so buy things that last, you know, and um, that's an important thing. And when we make the the curios, we're determined not to have waste. We don't want to be throwing things away. So using the curios and the key rings, the bag charms, all those things, we use every last scrap. So we're very mindful of that. And also because you're buying something that was made in Britain, you don't have that enormous carbon footprint of bringing it over from you know, the other side of the world. It, it was made right here. Might have been made in the city next to yours, you know? And, yeah. and so that, that carbon side. But then we, we did make some vegan-friendly bags with Melissa, you know, years ago. But we are on the lookout for a vegan-friendly alternative material, mm. alternative to leather, um, but one that, again, doesn't have an, an enormous carbon footprint. So one that isn't coming from a very long way away. Um, yeah. Because otherwise you're just ticking a box. You yeah. know, you're saying, oh, look, you can have this if, if you don't want leather or whatever. Um, but actually you're just ticking a box because you're doing damage by shipping it all over. So anyone who wants to tell me about great vegan alternatives to leather that are made here in the UK... We are totally up for it. Brilliant. Well, if I find any, Julia, that's a great challenge. Really. Yeah. Great. It's a good one. question. I'm going to try. Oh, we have got questions. Ooh. Ah, this is new. I can bring out questions. Right. You have got a question from um, Tweedles Handmade that says she was wondering, how, did you ever consider working with independent machinists or did you always go straight to having the factory? Oh, my gosh. This oh, is a whole saga gosh. in itself, isn't it? <laughs> oh, no. No, in the beginning, um, it was with a, a lovely independent workshop in Hull. 
Um, but Alec could only make about 200 bags a week. So then we took on Ewan in Scotland. Again, amazing. Pringle of Scotland. What a fantastic... No, it's not Pringle the Woolly Pringle. It's yeah. Pringle, if you look them up, leather goods in Scotland. And he makes amazing things. And, and he manufactured for us. And then I had slightly crazy Clive in Norfolk join the gang. And so we had all of these uh, independent manufacturers. The thing is you scale is... It's quite hard to get consistency then. You know, they might be using slightly different rivets or, you know, that consistency is quite hard. Um, and then we hit a, a very poor manufacturer that uh, ripped off all our designs. And oh, it was at that yet. point that I thought, you know what, we've got to start making ourselves and, and try and get some control, which um, has been a great thing. But, yes, we, we love using independence. Brilliant. And then, yeah, if anyone wants to hear the full story, you oh. did a podcast episode with me, didn't you, a year or two yeah, ago? I, I did. I share the link later on so everyone can revisit the whole Sorry Saga. I know. Have a <laughs> cup of tea ready and a box of tissues. Sit down and listen. Oh, brilliant. Uh, we've got another question from Isabella, actually. She's asking where she could go to find all of the manufacturers and suppliers. I mean, we have a, a list on the Make It British website. Um it includes all of the members of Make It British, which many of which are brands that make in the UK, like yourself, Julie, yeah. and also yeah. manufacturers as well. So that's a good place to start. Um, it would be lovely, wouldn't it, to have a TripAdvisor type website that listed and people could review. But my techie skills do not go that far. <laughs> no, no. You stick at what you're doing because you're doing it brilliantly and we're very grateful. Oh, well, I'm doing um, lives all day today, Julie, so I'm going to be absolutely flipping exhausted. You will be. Yeah, you will be. The dogs are not going to kick off in the background. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Well, everyone's giving you tons of love for, oh. um, for all of your suggestions about um, a kite mark and uh, also, you know, for the amazing stuff that you do at Cambridge Satchel. So where it's, it's just communicating, you know, and getting it out there, because if people don't know, how can they make an informed choice? Yes. Exactly. And so look out for the hashtag Made in UK Day today and all the wonderful small businesses that are using it. Um, I would also going to give a little shout out for your newsletter, Julie, the Cambridge Satchel newsletter, because it's fab. And that's where people hear about things that you do first, isn't it? It is. Uh, and, and we also have a really fun on the website. We have a really, really fun quiz that um, Liv and the team here at Cambridge Satchel sort of devised. It was one of these things of, oh my gosh, we make so many bags. How do people find the right bag for them? So it's, it's kind of like the matchmaker for bags. So you can go on there and you can work through these really random questions. And at the end, it'll say, this is the bag for you. Like, this is your spirit animal. So, so get on there and, and see. It's not sort of like, if you were a bag, what bag would you be? It's more, this is the bag we think would suit you. It's brilliant. It's such a good idea. And it so ties in with the kind of whole ethos of Cambridge Satchel and everything being yeah, a little does. bit quirky. We've got one last question for you. Go Julie. on. We've got time for one last question from Sue's, Sue's Lake Designs. She said, what advice would you give to small businesses to get your name out there when you start? Oh, it's a great question. I think the number one thing that I would do is get clear in your mind what it is that you do that you feel you do brilliantly. Um, and, and then what are you doing it for? So for me, it was to send my two kids to a really great school. So once you have that really, really clearly in your mind, 
it makes you really strong because you know then what that that horrible sort of phrase you know what success looks like but as you grow you don't want to keep moving the goalposts you want to feel like this is why i did it and i'm doing this every day so that's a good thing to do and then once you've decided what you're doing and what makes you stand out go to your local library free the business and ip center have a chat to them and see if there's anything that you could protect because your idea is what makes you strong that's your business so see what protection you can get and again it's it's a free service it's absolutely fantastic and they will also tell you things about manufacturer agreements so that you can make sure that you don't get hooked up with somebody who's going to do something awful and non-disclosure agreements so somebody doesn't run off with the idea that you've just shared with them so really? that's my advice that's really good i think the same i've done the same with make it british right from the start my story yeah. was always i was disillusioned by working for the big corporate companies that were sourcing everything overseas and i wanted to go back to supporting the companies that made here in the uk to save you know essential skills just like you're doing julian making sure people are still making things in this this country because can you imagine if we lost it all just I can. Horrible. I can imagine because when we had to buy one of our big cutting presses to set up, you know, the workshop, we had to import it. It came back from Poland, and when it got back, where was it made? Sheffield. Madness. That's that what happens when you close down all your factories. Yeah, that's the same with the knitting machine. So much of the machinery. You're right. Yeah. yeah. So yes, make it and keep making it here. Brilliant. That's a great, that's a great phrase to end on. Julie, thank you so much for joining me today. No, my pleasure. Absolutely. Have a wonderful day. You too. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to the Make It British podcast. I make an episode every Friday, plus there's bonus episodes occasionally. Many of the interviews that you hear on series four of this podcast are also available to watch on our YouTube channel. You can find it by going to youtube.com forward slash make it British LTD. That's make it British with the letters LTD. Bye bye.